Hey, Uncle Steve. What? So, there's a greenhouse, a blue house, and a red house. The red house is made of red bricks. The blue house is made of blue bricks. What is the greenhouse made of? I don't know. What? Glass! <laughs> oh, man. Hello and welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 194 and our host is Stephen Dutzman. This week he is joined by Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power and Editor-in-Chief of SuperParent.com and GameDaily.biz. Unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, we are about to join Amanda and Stephen when they start talking about the new Nintendo games coming out of Gamescom. Can we just, let's just get really hype about Nintendo. That one we can definitely get hype about because there was some really, really cool stuff that came out of Nintendo. So I will pull it up on the superparent.com, which my amazing and beloved managing editor pulled together. She did. And then, um, so, and she did a very good job. Um, I'm linking to it in the show notes. Um, by the by. Um, and w- one of the things she did a really good job of is kind of highlighting, like, the biggest of the big announcements. Because yeah. this is one of those things where they went on for, like, 45 minutes. They did. But... And if you want to watch the entirety of the Indie World Showcase, because that was what it was, it ended up being called, because they were bringing in a bunch of games from all over the world. It wasn't just, like, from North America or mm-hmm. just separate parts of Europe or, like, London or something like that. Um, that's embedded over on Super Parent. And you can watch each of the trailers independently as well. Yep. So... I mean, the biggest announcement and the biggest, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's a surprise because you and I and a lot of the folks that were connected kind of heard rumors about this. But, like, the surprise to the general population was that Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition is coming to the Switch. Um, now, the reason that that is a big surprise, I mean, that was, we played that on Xbox. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, I is an ID, this is an ID at Xbox game. And, and we, I, we played it. I played the heck out of it. I talked about it a lot when it was on Xbox. And yeah. a la Cuphead, Ori in the Blind Forest, finding its way onto the Switch. Um, and I'll This be, is a biggie. And it's a, a big biggie deal. because Microsoft is just like, hey, look, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Not super into just having everything on the Xbox. I want Xbox to be an ecosystem. Which we've talked about on the podcast. We have. How Xbox is like creating its own ecosystem. And yeah. it's all about the software. The future yep. is in the cloud, dang it. <laughs> also, Xbox loves money. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Well, you know, I, I, there's, there are I mean, some people that don't like does. money. Apparently today we learned that Sony doesn't like money, but that's a different okay. animal. That's, that's a different like, animal. That's also in negotiation. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm ho- anyway, I'm not going to. I'm that, I, We're I not have, doing it. I have geeking with the moms to freak out about that tomorrow. That's fine. Um, we're not doing so, that on we're not this doing one, that. though. <laughs> we're not doing it. I love you, folks, but no. <laughs> Folks, listen to this. This is the first time, um, and there's definitely uh, a former and future guest doing a weird dance behind you. Um, <laughs> is um, he being funny? Is he, he like is shaking his funny. booty? <laughs> he, uh, no, there was no booty shaking. Um, no shake. So the uh, <laughs> so. Um, Microsoft definitely loves money, and one thing that makes money is putting games on the Switch because the attach rate on the Switch is bananas. It is. It really, really is. That is the best place where you can look at attach rates, right? I mean... It's crazy. Um, and it's this not. game is... I, I, it's really... I mean, listen. It's a, If you don't know what Ori in the Blind Forest is, I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's a platforming game. Um, you Pretty play tactical. as this... What, it's hard, yes. Um, brutally hard. I would say harder hard. overall than Celeste. Because mm-hmm. Celeste has controls where you can like make it so you don't die and stuff. But it's about on par with Hollow Knight. I have not played Hollow Knight, so I can't speak to that. I know I should have played Hollow Knight, but I haven't. Um, Ori in the Blind Forest is super challenging, but it is super beautiful. The, the, the beginning of that trailer where that music hits hits me so hard every time um that's what reb said reb's just like that music it gets me every time and she just starts crying reb being uh, uh rebecca valentine from uh games industry.biz 
That's who correct. I need to get her on this show at some point. I probably closer to Animal Crossing. Um, I'm sure she'll have many oh, words to say yell. about that. We will yell about Animal Crossing. Yeah, for like I've, a solid hour. I've already told uh, John that when I do have her on here, uh, we're gonna have to be very careful with the audio balancing. Um, so. Because it's just going to be yelling about Animal Crossing. Um, so Rebecca Valentine of GamesIndustry.biz, shout out to a uh, future friend of the show. She just doesn't know that she's going to be on the show yet, but um, you'll ask her, then she'll be fine. Um, so um, it's this is a it's a beautiful game. You play as like this little white glowing spirit gremlin thing. I don't really know what you are. You're Ori. Yeah, you're um, Ori. And like, you it's, are. It's this little fox almost yeah. yeah it that's it really does it feels like a cross between a fox and a mogwai kind of yeah um and and um navi from Le- from legend of zelda right like and so the <coughs> go ahead have a laugh um it's okay we've got uh, a man in amanda's home uh, there's a bit of a distraction um one of her uh partners is bouncing around <laughs> Yeah, he's doing the Ministry of Silly Walks. That's what's happening here. It's okay, because he's trying to find a video game to play, apparently. Um, he's, he's putting video games away. Oh. Like, he's pulling out, he's reorganizing, he's pulling... Yeah, and now he's leaving. And now he's leaving. Are you leaving good now? Because he knows he's been caught out. So, um... I'll see you later. So, Ori is bananas. Um, yeah, Ori is nuts. So, uh, what I would recommend is, if you and the people in your family like platformers... Maybe you're looking for a little bit more challenge and the user-created levels in Super Mario Maker are a little bit too much because they're a bit much. Um, Ori and the Blind Forest is a great option. Um, this is going to challenge you. Um, maybe not good if you have kids that throw controllers when they're frustrated. Just saying. Um, I had some challenges with this game, but it's beautiful. It's fun. Um, it's a Metroidvania-style game, meaning you over time you get more powers. And they make you use them. It's not like, oh, check out this neat thing that you'll use every once in a while. No. Once you get it, they make you use it every time. Um, and it's awesome. So, and that was the big, that was like their one more thing. They're like, hey, check out all these games. Oh, and before we go, we want to show you Ori in the Blind Forest. And I knew within seconds that this was the game. Um, and I didn't exactly weep openly, but I was very excited. Um, I own it on Xbox. I'm going to own it on the Switch. The I think Nintendo. I have, I have it on Xbox. I've got it on PC. I think I have it on Steam. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure it was on sale on Steam. I think I might have gotten it in a humble bundle. That sound it sounds like a humble bundle kind of game. It, it's just it's really good oh, it's stuff. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, this game is it's bananas. Now some other stuff. Um you know, I I I'm, I question its family well, it's T for teen. Um super hot. Which is, yes. how about this, it's a puzzle shooter? Can we call it a puzzle shooter? Yeah, we absolutely can. I have actually not played Super Hot. I have. Can you, uh, for the good people, describe Super Hot? Super Hot. Yes and no. Because no. Super Hot, I've only played in VR. So oh. it is a completely different experience playing it in VR versus playing it okay. on a console. All right. So what I can do and what I can tell you is that there are a number of different ways that you can navigate your way through an, uh, a level full of enemies and the purpose is to you know comp- <laughs> um, to knock out your enemies using the environment using your gun you don't even necessarily need to fire your gun you can just throw your damn gun you know and, and in many cases you have to to my understanding cases, you, yeah absolutely you do have to the cool thing about super hot and the reason why this is able to be a first person shooter that's rated t is that there's no blood Okay, it is a it is a first person shooter where your enemies will just disintegrate. They they're like, like crystals, right? Like it like, looks yeah, like they're, they're made, made out of, of it, it looks like I mean, I I can't even but it looks like they're made out of like red marble or whatever and then kind of. and then as they crystals get shot crystals is probably more, the better word. Yeah. And they get shot yeah. and they just kind of fall apart. They just kind of fall apart. Yeah, it's it's definitely that kind of a game. So um, I think it's a really interesting game for the Switch. I don't know if it's my, the kind of game that I would want to play anywhere other than VR. Because the game is just unbelievable in VR. I mean, so so the, the elevator pitch, tell me if I'm wrong on this. Because mm-hmm. again, this is a game I have not played. I feel like I, it's a blind spot for me because it's been such a 
like a, a big touchstone, um, is it's a puzzle game because yeah. time only moves when you move. So Correct. you are dropped into a place where there are multiple enemies, multiple weapons, guns, bats, etc., swords, and you mm-hmm. have to eliminate all the targets. But yep. you have to, but you can't get shot because that would be bad. Um, but you have the ability to kind of dodge bullets by nature of the fact that you know exactly where they're going, and so it forces you to kind of John Wick your way through these. through these challenges and they play out like puzzles and then at the end doesn't it show you what you did in real time does Uh, it do that at the end that must have been kind of nauseating in vr um no not necessarily it's been a while like i haven't played it in good three years so it might have changed um but i don't know i just it's just such an interesting kind of game that completely subverted a lot of like vr tropes and it's just really interesting. Yeah. Um, it started as just like this random... How about this? It started as like just this random indie game that nobody knew anything about. It was in like a sizzle reel at one point. And because it, was, it has yeah. like a really striking style, because everything else is white. It's completely different. Or gray, it's, yeah. The weirdest first-person shooter game I've ever played in my life. And I've played a lot of FPS games in my life. Same. But it is so interesting and so different. And the really cool thing about Super Hot. And the company behind Superhot, this is like, we're going to get into inside baseball for a second. Is the company that runs all of that, they just announced like an indie fund, essentially. They're going to start like investing their money in other indies to start helping them publish. But they're just going to throw money at them. Yeah, they're like explicitly stated, we're not a publisher. We just just want to give give people money, money, which is awesome. Yes, it's really interesting. Like I'll have a full story about it. I think probably by the end of the week might be next week but it is such a fascinating story it really really is the way that they're approaching those contracts is just like chef kiss it's crazy also the company's name is super hot it is yeah so it's super hot by super hot um i can't i can't wait to see speaking of like that deal because i saw that announcement come through i can't wait to see the fruits of that labor like, oh, yeah. what is a game funded by a company that just wants to give... Like, they just want to give money to a game that might never have been funded otherwise, like, by a publisher. Like, mm-hmm. a publisher might be like, nah, bro. But, like, but for them DC... to be like, no, we just want to give you money. Yeah. The really interesting about it is... The interesting thing about it, at least from my perspective, is... They're treating it like they're venture capitalists mm-hmm. without being as rigid with what that structure looks like. Like Jack yeah. Tretton is doing something very similar with the um, venture capital fund that he put together. I think it was last year during GDC. So, I mean, like very, very interesting stuff. And I, I hope that we'll see more and more of that. We'll see indies helping indies like Finji. So Finji was behind Night in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And what was their other game? There was one other game that they did. Well, they have uh, I think Outland. Overland? Over, uh, is it, is it Overland? Outland? Overland. It's Overland. That, pul- and they're that also strategy pul- game thing. Yeah, exactly. And they also have uh, Tunic. So, like, but that's what they do. They're like, look, we have this these extra resources. Mm-hmm. Here you go. This is what we're doing. Their PR guy is super goofy on Twitter. Um, Fingies. Um, he, uh, man, I can't wait for Tunic. God, you just, you, you had to Tunic? evoke Tunic. You had to Tunic. evoke Tunic. Um, we've we've got we gushed about we've gushed about Tunic a lot on this show, largely before you came here. Uh, but I have a feeling when that game comes out, um, can you talk about Tunic a lot. Um, I would say, uh, to, I've played twenty minutes of Tunic, and I can say comfortably that whenever whatever year it comes out, it's pretty like I. It sounds like it's in the top ten for my game of the year, whatever year it comes out in. Because um, it's that yeah. good. Oh my god, it's so good. Anyway, um, other things that were announced for the Switch, because we've only gotten through two things. Um, how about a PC port? How about bringing Torchlight 2? So they have Diablo 3. Right. Why not have the almost Diablo? How about the the family-friendlier Diablo? Exactly. So Torchlight, for anybody that doesn't, that doesn't know Torchlight, it definitely is a more family-friendly Diablo. It doesn't have the dark gothic overtones it doesn't have the blood you're not a necromancer 
you know, it's really, really cool. I played the original Torchlight with my dad. I played it with my dad and my brother oh. when we... Was this when we lived at home? No. I think I lived elsewhere, but I was living in my hometown. Um, very cool. I am going to go and see this at PAX. Ooh. I'm going to go and test this out at PAX. I'm very excited about this. I cannot wait to hear back, because you're going to PAX. That's next weekend, right? I am leaving. Yeah, I'm leaving for Game Daily Connect, which is immediately prior, which is our big, it's our yeah. big event at Disneyland. Disneyland. I'm, I'm jealous, because I wish I was going to be there with you. Maybe, so, maybe someday. Maybe it's someday. gonna be cool. Yeah, I think that the uh, I think eventually it'll be super cool to have you out to maybe come cover the kids and family track that we do every maybe. year. So maybe. Um, I just um can't wait for your your selfies from your various panels that you're moderating all over the place. Yeah, because you're like running the show. Kill, Very which excited. Is amazing. It's can't gonna wait. be amazing. Can't wait. So you're going. So immediately following that, you're just flying up to Seattle. Yes. The same day that Game Daily Connect ends, I am heading over to Seattle like that afternoon. Wow, that's a that's that's big kid travel. That's big kid travel back to backs. So, and you're gonna play Torchlight too. Yep. I cannot wait to hear. I mean, the reality is this game has existed already, so oh. it's already on PC. Uh, it's on yeah. Xbox One. It's actually on yep. Game Pass right now. Um, I think. No, 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 no. It was Games with Gold last month. Um. So it's out. It's a thing. I think this is perfect for Switch. It's perfect I for Switch. I absolutely agree with you through and through and through. I love Diablo on Switch, but I can sit down and play this with my kids. Correct. Um, yeah. I mean, there's really there really is not much else to say about it. Also, uh, I bet you it'll be cheaper um, because Diablo is still expensive. Um, the yep. other one, just following through, <laughs> speaking of multiplayer games... Um, mm -hmm. Risk of Rain 2, which, so, the, so this, so I turned this on, right? Risk of Rain 2 is a, um, procedurally generated multiplayer game, um, where it's a, it's a roguelike, so you're playing through and you're gonna die a lot, and you're gonna find wacky items, and you're playing your friends, beating bunches of enemies. Um, so Evan came into the room and was like, Dad, like, what's up with, like, stupid No Man's Sky? And I was like... Excuse you. And I was and I was like, "What's that all about?" And he's like, "No, Dad, I mean it in a good way. This looks like stupid No Man's Sky. Remember, stupid doesn't mean oh, bad right. in my house. Right? Okay, um, got it. He is my child, so right. Um, he was like, "Why is that? Why is that lady fighting with a guitar? Like that's and I'm like, I don't know because it's a video game. Um, and so uh, yeah, I kind of want to play a multiplayer game with my kids where I can use have like teddy bear armor and fight with a guitar." And fight like crazy aliens. This is one of those games you kind of got to watch. What's really interesting is this is a 3D. See, this the first one was a 2D action platformer, mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden they're like, "Nah, it's fine. We'll just we'll add another dimension," um, which makes me a little worried. But at the same time, like, sure. I mean, I, I'm gonna play it. What about you? Mm -hmm. Was that does it seem interesting to you, or are you? I don't know. I I mean, Risk of Rain was never really my kind of game to sure. begin with. That is so. Fair. I don't know. It, I think it's interesting. I think that my kids might like it because they love frenetic nonsense. Um. So we'll just. I don't know. I'm gonna keep my. I'm gonna keep my. Um. I reserve the right to change my mind. I don't know if I will enjoy it, but I will try it. Your right to change your mind is. Uh, 100% granted and affirmed here. Um, so they also announced a t those are the four bigger, I think, yeah, announcements. Big but they announced a ton of stuff. I want to talk a little bit about Eastward. So Eastward is a game published by Chucklefish. Uh, that's the same people that made Stardew. that published Stardew Valley. Um, but Stardew is also now independent again. They publish they publish their own game now. Yeah. Now they do their own thing. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. and that's cool. Listen, if Chucklefish just is the is the like the the, the fish hatchery of indie games where they just kind of help and then you just kind of move on, that sounds great to me. Um, it's like a junior college, you know. Um, and as long as Chucklefish publishes that whatever Stardew Valley and Hogwarts game that they keep showing us screenshots about and making me really, really excited about, and then they go away and get silent for a while. As long as they finish that eventually, they can do whatever the heck they want. Um, so Eastward um, 
it's given me Secret of Evermore vibes. Do you remember Secret of Evermore? Uh, the name sounds familiar. Like the title sounds familiar. So, but I can't conjure the image of it. So Secret of Evermore. Picture Secret of Mana. Okay. Where? Of course I can do that. Yeah, I know. Um, and then um, instead of three characters, it's two. One of them is a robot dog. Ooh. You travel through time. Um, a la Chrono Trigger, kind of to the far future, to the far past. Every time you go to a different time period, your dog changes into a different thing. So, for example, when you're in the past, your dog is like a giant, like, wolf-looking thing. It's a regular pooch in, like, regular times. In the future, it turns into a giant robot toaster that shoots laser beams. As, as one does. That just as one sense. does. If I went to the future, I would turn into a giant robot toaster with laser beams. 100%. Um, I don't, so, um, I'm not sure that I would make toast. But I would definitely have laser beams. Um, and the dude that's like the main character is like super obsessed with bad movies. So it's definitely got like a sense of humor to it. The big thing is just the, the animation, the wacky kind of, you know, the, the wacky like energy that the different characters have. It really gave me that energy. Um, Eastward is a story about a, a, a miner named John who goes into a mine and finds this mysterious girl. You know, this is tropey as all get out, but um, it's set in this like post fall, but pre cataclysm society where it's like dystopian, okay. but like there's still people. Um, and it, the music is bananas good. I know you and I both like a good music. We, we both I like a good soundtrack. Um, and the art style on Eastward, and I would say this to everybody, go to YouTube and look up Eastward. It's spelled Eastward, right? Like just, you know, forward, but with East. Um, you'll, you will understand why I am hype about this game just from 30 seconds of the trailer. Um, this is coming sometime in 2020, um, and I am very, I mean, I, I think it's going to be rad. It's coming to Switch. I am sure that it's going to come to everything eventually, but this just feels like a game that belongs on the Nintendo Switch. Um, lots of just, you know, cool personality, the different characters. I mean, I'm all in. Um, some other things that they announced um, that I think are, uh, you know what, the, the one game that I've talked about um, on our show and I talked about it, I wrote a preview for it, I played it at PAX, is Earth Knight from Cleaversoft. Mm, yes. Do you remember Earth Knight? Of course. Yeah, I played it. The Dragon Apocalypse game. Mm -hmm. You and I probably played it at the same PAX East. Um, probably. Um, this was before we knew each other, obviously. Yes. Um, but I, uh, the PR guy, um, I almost missed my appointment. The PR guy was very gracious as to let me um, still sit in. Thank goodness, because this game is freaking bananas. It's a it's beautiful hand drawn. Oh my goodness. I met the artist. Um, he helped teach me how to play. Um, no, 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 not the artist. The artist is very reclusive. I don't think he likes public being in public. The musician, the guy that made the music, mm, taught me how to yes. play. Because um, I remember them saying that the artist was kind of shy, so they didn't make him come to hang out with several tens of thousands of people that were all going to be hype about his game. They didn't want to make him nervous. Um, so it, it, you are a little girl or a freelance photographer. Choose your poison. Um, and you are doing battle against the dragon apocalypse by running across the backs of dragons in space as you fall to the earth. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to get to the head so that you can then use your magical powers. She has, like, a crazy, like, monster inside her. And the freelance guy has a flame sword, as one does. I don't know if that comes with being a freelancer. Um, I'll find out. Um, I guess maybe I need to do more freelance work to, like, get my, get my fire sword. Um, and then you fight a dragon. And then once you're done with one dragon, you do another one, etc. This game is amazingly cool. It's coming to the Switch. It is so perfect there. I asked them if the game was coming to Switch, and they were very coy with me, as you're supposed to be. They were, um, I said, so this game is coming to the Switch, right, because this is kind of perfect. And they said, we are uh, exploring as many avenues as possible. And I was like, very oh, man. Very good media training. I was like, oh, your PR guy, where is he? Where's your PR guy? I'm going to um, high-five him. Yeah, exactly. He got good you guys job. ready. Because he told, well, everybody better get it. That's like day one media training is how to answer the, will your game come to Switch? Um, so that is Earth Knight. That is so cool. Listen, guys, I'll be talking about that a lot. 
Um, they also they talked about Skellboy. Skellboy's coming. We talked about that last week. We did. Um, did you know? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, um, <laughs> the first, like, when when I saw the thing pop up, I was like, Amanda definitely knew. Um, so, um, good discipline. Good trigger discipline. You know what you're I'm doing. You're a consummate professional. December third, by the way. Very soon compared which by the way, how terrifying is it that December third is very soon. Um look at that look at that twitch in my eye. The twitch. Um so there's that. So that's Scaleboy. Um I did not know that you could exchange body parts with monsters. That sounds kinda cool. But you can it fight with a cardboard so awesome. tube. Yeah. It looks better than the tra- like the the new trailer. I mean, I'm sure that that might have been what you saw, but the new trailer that I saw looked great. Um, um, just some other stuff. Uh, how about Cat Quest Two? Um, let's talk about Cat Quest Two. Just sneaking in there. Um, coming very soon, by the way. It said fall of this year, which is uh, it's summer, so that's next season. Um, so uh, someone's gonna have a pumpkin spice latte and play uh, Cat Quest Two. It's not gonna be me because I don't like pumpkin spice lattes. But um, I don't like pumpkin spice lattes either. Um. So, but but I, I'm definitely gonna play Cat Quest too because Cat Quest One, arguably one of my favorite games in the last couple of years. Rad. It's so cute. Have you played it? I have not played it, but I know you I have, have it, right? So so many good things. That, no, I have I haven't purchased it yet. I'm gonna hold out for Cat Quest too. Yeah. Um. Big thing about Cat Quest too. There's a dog in it. You can play as either a cat or a dog. I mean, I love dogs. And it's two-player cooperative. That's even better. Um, yeah. This is this is it's just everything I ever wanted. Uh, and apparently, the dog is like a Westie. He's got like the mustache. I'm in. Um, okay. So I'm trying to think what else they really. That was it. What did you have you seen? Hypercharge Unboxed. Because that was yeah. a game that they talked about. It's a first-person shooter where all the characters are action figures and you're fighting in someone's backyard. That sounds uh, like it's on cool. brand for us. If you happen to stumble across it while you're at PAX West, take a picture for me. Maybe grab a business I card. Just, just elbow a guy. Just elbow a guy and take it. And then I will email him. Because um, I know you're busy. I know That's you're cool. busy. I get that. Um, and how about... Um, did you did you know about Munchkin having a freaking action RPG? No, that one was new. That yeah. was completely that caught me off guard. Yeah. Uh, how about like uh, first of all, this is not me being angry. This is me being in. Like this is me signing up for Gauntlet Munchkin because that's really what it looks like. I mean, right? Like, does it have the potential to be fun? <laughs> uh maybe it could also be terrible this is one of those things like we talk about like range of outcomes it's fantasy football season so let's talk about range of outcomes that's like my my new uh thing um uh, and uh so like a range of outcomes i don't think that there is a bigger that there has ever been a bigger range of outcomes for this game because like i'm excited because the munchkin name etc but it could either be like this crazy experience that kind of takes over my entire life for an entire year or it could be turbo the snail and you remember how i felt feel about turbo the snail i told you uh, yes. about that Very um, familiar. it's legendary um either way i'm probably gonna end up having to play it because it's a board game and video game related so I'm probably, I'm probably You're stuck basically obliged i'm pretty yeah i'm pretty stuck so that's nintendo they announced a ton of stuff. It was really exciting. Yeah, it was awesome. I love it when Nintendo just rolls out their indies. I'm just mad that they didn't call them Nindies. I know they had a reason, but um, so I know we are cruising towards your hard stop. So we are. We'll go fast. Three more announcements were made yesterday. Yeah. Um. So first, um, they gave us more information about Need for Speed Heat which is a new Need for Speed game, otherwise known as Need for Speed Fast and the Furious Edition. I know Perfect. you didn't... I'm in. Sold. Now That's all I need to know. So here's... The... It really is. It's set in Miami, and there's racing in the day, and then there's, like, hard mode at night where you do, like, the stuff, and the cops chase you, and the... You basically can earn oh, stars, cool. like in uh, GTA, basically, where breaking the law a lot means that they eventually bring out, like, tanks and stuff. Um... And then if they arrest you, you lose money. 
That's it, right? But here's the thing that I wanted to talk about, because there's actually a free app called Need for Speed Heat Studio that's on iOS right now. And all you do is make custom cars. And between now and the time the game drops, they actually are um, releasing, like, every week or so, a new bunch of cars. So right now... There's like a BMW and, you know, a Porsche and whatever, and you can just paint them. You have access to all the customization that will be in the game at launch. So you can make your game, make your cars now, and then when you play them, when you unlock said car, you can then just upload what you made on the phone. How cool is that? I gotta go do that. Yeah, you're you're (laughs) definitely gonna do that. Um, I tried to convince my oldest son to make an EFG car. Um, and he got frustrated because there are no letters. Probably on purpose why they didn't give you letters that you could write on the side of your car. I didn't think about it until I was driving into work this morning. Like, man, I wonder why. Oh, that's why they didn't have stickers. Oh, um, but you've got tons of other options. Yeah, totes and probes. Um, so that's Need for Speed Heat. Um, I'm kind of excited for a good Need for Speed game. They've trapped me in the past. We were really excited for Need for Speed Payback. Need for Speed Payback was one of EFG's games of the show for E3 2017, believe it or not. Um, Because our Dr. Regina McMenemy loved her some Need for Speed Heat. Um, And uh, it fell flat for us. Uh... Keep in mind, that year was not great for, like, I picked Super Mario Odyssey. But, like, after that, it kind of fell flat (laughs) Um, for family-friendly stuff. We were yeah, digging to the bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah. But Need for Speed should be amazing, and hopefully this one will be good. Um, next, uh, Kerbal Space Program 2. Oh! Um, let's, what, what do you think about them Kerbals? You know, Kerbal Space Program is a big hit in our household. Like, the kids love to sit down. Like, more importantly, my eldest son, Paul, loves to teach the little kids about space. Yep. and teaching them how to build rocket ships and get them, you know, get them where they need to go. And the smallings don't really understand it yet because it's very, very complicated, but it's a bonding experience for them. Do they love crashing their rocket ships? Well, okay, Vivian does. All right, well, that's fine. I mean, Gabe's not super into crashing his rocket ship. He just really wants to make it go. Um, But Vivian, our little agent of destruction, every time. Loves it. Loves it. Loves Um, creating destruction. It's just her jam. Yeah. And in video games, um, you don't have to clean up after it. Um, yeah, Kerbal Space Program, um, I was really excited about it. I, I got it. I played some of it, but I did not have the patience for it because it was an early access game, and I bought it while it was still not really... This It fell into the problem of early access games. My, under, yeah. my guess is that Kerbal Space Program 2 will probably not need to be released in early access... Because I think they're making enough money from the first one. So um, I think that it's being, like, hold on a second. I think that I got an email about this, um, about Kerbal. Okay. Um, Private Division is publishing it. Oh, all right. So they're fine. So for those that don't know what Private Division is, they are part of Take-Two. So yeah. they handle things like... You know, NBA 2K and Firaxis and Rockstar and everything like that. And so Private Division is their indie publishing label. Yep. So that's what, yeah, that's what's publishing Kerbal Space Program 2 is is uh, Private Division. The so they prom- definitely are not going to have to go into early access for a number of years. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> might be one of those Xbox game preview games. You know, yeah. I mean, they might do that, but... yeah. Early access. I mean, it, Kerbal Space Program One. I mean, was on was on early access for like two years while they were like implementing stuff, and that made it really hard because I did. bought it before they had tutorials. Yeah, and it it was, and I bought it before they had tutorials as well. So the kids play it on, I think, the PlayStation. Yep. And they have the tutorials, and they're able to go through stuff and everything like that. So I mean, like, it's less daunting now. It's still not my kind of game, but the kids love it. Yeah. Um, I have already talked to the general and some of the kids. We will, because this is, I mean, this is a STEM experience. Absolutely. Um, so we will be uh, streaming this quite frequently because um, we want to get to the moon, um, you know, and build an EFG moon base because um, I think that would be pretty awesome um, with these little green alien Kerbal things. Um, last announcement. So... 
At one point during the presentation, Jeff Keeley, bless his heart, um, said uh, two really key words that triggered me, like triggered like an emotional, like rea- like I stood up because I didn't know what it was. I stood up from my couch. He said, Sega turn-based strategy. And I went, yo, are you telling me about a Shining Force game? <laughs> like a real Shining Force game. Um, because uh, if they announced, like, if they showed me like a real, like, even if it was mobile, I'd probably be okay. Like, gotcha the hell out of me. I'm, I get it. It's fine. Like, I would probably be okay with it. Um, but no, it wasn't. It was humankind, which is a turn-based strategy, hex grid map, true, like, it looks like Civilization Six. Like, why and so I, th- my oldest son actually he was watching it with us, um, and he was like, "Dad, like, why would we not just like I don't know play Civilization Six? We already have that game." Do you have a compelling answer for that? I don't. Sadly, it looks really cool though. It does. Yeah, it looks maybe, great. Maybe it'll be less demanding on my Switch. Truly, possibly. I mean, I'm sure Civ drains the battery on that thing. <sighs> I mean, between Civ and, like, Fire Emblem, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't even. Um, so, uh, we're going to find out more. I think the one thing that changes things is that it's about, like, the, it's about not necessarily building a civilization, but also <laughs> evolving, like, mankind. So, like, it sounds... It is. So, maybe that'll be an interesting hook. You know, you start in pre, pre-history, like, evolution. Who knows? We'll be looking at that not one. Not enough information currently. Yeah, not enough. Um, the trailer was weird. Mm-hmm. Now, so those are the Gamescom announcements. I do want to talk to you very briefly about Fire Emblem. Let's talk. You've about been Fire playing Emblem. Fire Emblem. I have. Like it's your job. Man, I wish that playing Fire <laughs> Emblem was my job right now. It'd be you, a lot less stressful. It would be a lot less stressful. Um, what's the elevator pitch on Fire Emblem Three Houses? All right, elevator pitch on Fire Emblem Three Houses. So it's like, look, if you've ever played a Persona game or any played like any like Shin Megami Tensei games or whatever, like games where you are playing as a teenager in a school. Okay. It has that element, which is very, very different for Fire Emblem because in a number of different Fire Emblems before, it's all battle. Like, there's no, like, social stuff, nothing at all. You're not really, like, you're building relationships, but you're doing it in conversations between battles. But there's no wandering around. There's no collecting stuff. There's no cooking. There's no fishing. But the really interesting thing, it's like, if Fire Emblem, which is a um, strategy RPG, had a baby with Persona, that's what Fire Emblem Three Houses would be. It has huh. this really interesting mechanic of running around and like doing a bunch of cool stuff around the um, around the monastery, and building connections and trying to recruit students into your house and everything like that. And then it's got some fairly solid battling. It's a little on the easy side, which I'm not loving. The thing I really enjoy are you about playing it, what what difficulty are you playing on? I'm playing it at normal. Okay, it's way too easy. I've even heard on the internets that hard is easy. Tis what I've heard, too. That is what my dear friend Ryan Seguin was telling me. Ryan and I go way back. We've played a number of tabletop RPGs together over the years. Um, So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it is the most... It is the strangest Fire Emblem game that I've ever played. But it's compelling because the characters are compelling and because I really like my house. Um, I'm playing as the Blue Lions... So Dimitri... Not parts of Voltron. No. Not one of the arms. Not one of the arms of Voltron. Correct. Dimitri reminded me a lot of my husband. He's like very, very much so like lawful good, very paladin, you know, just very, just like a very good boy. Sure. And you just want to pinch his cheek and be like, oh, pumpkin, I love you. You're so cute. And like his whole house is like that. It's just full of very wholesome people. And I just wanted to be their teacher. So... That is the pitch there. So you're recruited in as a mercenary. You and your dad are recruited in as mercenary or from being mercenaries into this monastery and you're serving this religious woman. That I don't love so much. I don't love the very religious overtones. It's almost always like that in a lot of JRPGs. I don't know why there's always 
big religion, but there's always big religion in a lot of JRPGs. Says, so... the, says the Final Fantasy X fan. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was... Listen, when you say big religion, and I know you like Final Fantasy X, I'm like... Oh boy, oh boy. Anyway, listen, but they're singing. But they're singing. But uh, listen, I get it. Listen, I, I'm I'm not. That was meant more as a joke. Than, it's totally fine. Than I'm taking criticism. it as a joke. I promise. I promise. I promise. <laughs> so that's that's Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem is really. It's really weird. It's a very strange game, but it's very compelling. Yeah. So I I'm enjoying it so far. I don't love the fact that the tactical combat is so easy. Like, and I'm playing on permadeath mode. I've been playing on permadeath mode for like 20 hours. Okay. And have I've you lost, lost anybody? Yeah. So have you used the time rewind thing? I use it very sparingly. I have, I think, four or five charges per battle right now. I barely use them. It's just okay. so easy. It's easy to like, they, they just be, I've power leveled my babies and they just like mow everything down now. So hashtag Steve is bad at games. We've talked about this. I'm actually, um, very excited about the fact that it's easy um, because one of the things that drew me away from other Fire Emblem games is that they are hard so that's probably not going to be an issue now um, so I'm good I mean this is a game that will eventually like this is one of those I have a moral obligation at this point to play it so it's just a matter of you know you gotta pay for back to school shopping first um, and I then I can doing and, that myself, um, so I hate but I, I I think eventually I'm gonna have to like take a couple of days and and really just lean into it. Um, so my gaming experience has been actually somewhat limited in the last week or so. I'm recovering from a LARP and there's been work, etc. We spent the last weekend uh, that I would have spent gaming building bedroom furniture for our daughter. Oh, she I has a saw brand that new one. picture. She's very excited. Um, did I? Sh- did you see the P- the Pokemon? Oh, I'll send. Oh, okay, good. You um, sent that one to me. Oh, good. Okay. Um, so she's so that was good. that was the bulk of our gaming time. But I did want to tell a funny story to kind of round it all up about Absolutely. getting ready for WoW Classic. Now we talked Ooh. about WoW Classic, and yes. you indicated that it was not for you um, well, because it's not have... for me anymore. Yeah, it was a thing. It was. Yeah, like. 14 years ago. Exactly. Well, that's what's so crazy about this. So it was for you, but now you're a responsible adult. Um, responsible. Maybe not an adult because we're there kids. We go. Um, yeah, you're responsible. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm nine. It's cool. Um, so uh, I have a number of the people that I LARP with are starting guilds on a roleplay server. Some on Horde, some on Alliance. Everybody that listens to this knows I'm an Alliance player, always have been, but remember, I am primary... My defense for all the people that want to come at me is if the dwarves were Horde, I would have been Horde. It's, it's, I have no... Elite, I, mean, I play as a gnome. Okay, well, of course you do. Because <laughs> they're cute. Um, um, I had a whole family of dwarves. They oh of course oh you were the were was your hair pink? No, oh. it was blonde. Blonde, okay, that's fair. Um, I only played dwarves only forever. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm just going. I know they're all going to be on this role with a one role play server. There's only one. Blizzard opened up the ability to. Um, like re- reserve your name before the game actually launches, which I think is actually really smart. That's pretty smart. Um, also, like, yeah, let's let people create their characters like ahead of time, so that we don't have everybody in the character generator, um, and deal with all the potential like, crashes. Also, like, think about all the potential like problems with trying to create a character while crashing, because the first day of WoW Classic is going to be a, a a show. Um. So, with a word in front of it that I'm not going to say on family programming. So, um, I was like, all right, I need to create my dwarf paladin, and I need to, and I promised the people that were going to play in Horde, I was going to make a Tauren Druid so they could have a healer, because I play healers. Um, and so, um, I, I went to do so, and so we were playing Dungeons and Dragons the night that it opened, and I told my son sorry. to click into, he says sorry, uh, to click into the roleplay server, and so he called me and said that he did. And so I spent the few minutes, like, creating these characters. Um, wouldn't you believe he clicked into the wrong server? 
And I didn't know, because you know how it doesn't tell you the server name while you're in the character creation mode. So I, I spent time creating these dudes in the wrong server. Now, thankfully, apparently nobody that wants to play WoW Classic wants to play on an RP server. So when I realized it several days later, it was still a low population realm. So I was fine. But almost all of the rest of them were full. So I was a little scared. <laughs> so yeah, that was my story. Um, we almost... He clicked into the wrong ones. I give him a little bit of a break. He's not used to choosing servers in World of Warcraft. But you and I know that's a very important thing. It is incredibly can't get that wrong. important. Especially in WoW Classic, where you can't like just play with whoever you want. And server matters. So, WoW starts on the 27th. Would you believe that Blizzard is already tweeting, like, warning people? Like, they're expecting a 10,000-player queue on day one. Yes. That's not surprising to me. I mean, Blizzard is extremely sensitive to doing damage control before damage control is necessary. Mm -hmm. So warning people and making sure that they know what's up is definitely you know, well up their alley. The big problem is that I don't know how they're going to manage that server load yeah. at all. Because yeah. I don't know what their infrastructure looks like. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, on a technical level, like, I was... Like, part of me was like, oh, man, maybe I should take a day and, you know, hang out on the 27th and play it. And I was like, you know what? No. I'm going to wait a week <laughs> while it settles down. Because the reality is, uh, I don't even know who's going to be playing this game after a week. Because <laughs> um, it's... We've talked about this a little bit a little bit offline, but it's like, I don't know if people really remember what this game was like 15 years ago, but... It was not what it is now. Um, I mean, I'm excited to just try it, right? You know, yes, of course you can play. It's rated T. Yeah, it's true. Um, with online components, um, I'm sure that they have a setting where you can block guild invites. That's our only rule. He can't join a guild. He That's can play true. WoW, but he can't join a guild. Um, but yeah, it's coming. It's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to play it just so I can come back on the podcast and remind people how not great World of Warcraft was when it started, but I loved it. You know? It's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. This has been episode 194 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Amanda, I think you and I did a pretty good job this week of just taking some of the awkward and just injecting a little bit of hype into it. Yes. Agreed. That's um, what we do. Thank goodness for Gamescom this week. Um, Seriously. And there's obviously, we didn't even touch on everything. How about Insomniac nope. buying Spider-Man? Or not Sp not Insom Sony buying Ins Insomniac. I got Spider-Man yeah. on the brain. Lots of Spider-Man okay. this week. Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Sp Insomniac being purchased by Sony. Um, How we described it at games at GameDaily.biz is after 20 years, Sony finally put a ring on Ted Price's finger. Um, did you see the gif that I put in? You didn't because you probably were busy. I 100% used many Beyonce gifs. Perfect. Um, all the single studios. All the single studios. Because, man, listen, I know they wanted to, like, you know, keep it real, try some different things. They didn't want to get tied down. But, like, guys, come on. you were, the, the, I had to... On the Engage Family Gaming Facebook page, oh well, money money talks. Um, on the Engage Family Gaming Facebook Facebook page, uh, one of our regular fans was like, "But like, weren't they already basically part of Sony?" And I'm like, "All right, so like, in effect, yes, yeah." But then, they, but they were the ones that were trying to tell people the second party doesn't exist, even though they're the only they were one. Literally second party. Yeah, yeah, they're they're one of very they were one of very 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 few. I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head. Yeah, it's crazy. And finally they're just they're just doing what they should have done. And now they're going to have I mean, now they don't got to worry about like finding funding. Mir. Shuhei. Thank she's you, gonna, Shuhei. She's going to embrace them. And, you know, Yushisan is just going to embrace them and just love them and give take them good care of them. Give them dollars. So much money. I mean, the other piece. Well, I mean, this is the business side of it, but you saw them very. So they they made this announcement, but then they also happened to throw in the fact that Spider Man, Marvel Spider Man, has sold through 14 million units, making it the best selling Sony exclusive over God of War. Over God of War. 
Which is, if you were to think, like, who, if, if you didn't know and someone was like, what's the best-selling game on PlayStation, you would have assumed it was God of War. But yeah. Yep. And For PlayStation 4. Um, and really, if we're being serious, it's only because they can't figure out how to get Gran Turismo to function. If they could do that, that would sell more, but, like, whatever. <laughs> um, they just squander that shenanigan. That's a, that's a story for another that's day. That's a completely different conversation but, but that we can have. We'll do it some other time. Um, but Spider-Man, is, I mean, this, this is my only hope. My only hope is that they infuse them with enough money that they can make Spider-Man, because obviously they're going to make Spider-Man. Um, oh, yeah. Cause, Multi-game deal. Um, yeah, this basically confirmed Spider-Man 2 and 3 um, in my eyes. Um, it's, it's it's more cost-effective to bring them in-house than yeah. it would have been to contract them to create yeah. the, the exclusive. Sign, sign, the, sign the guy for the multi-picture deal now before he blows up. Um, and in this case, they've already blown up. Like, they're such a great, well-loved name. Um, oh, absolutely. But my hope is that they also, you know, that they that they the influx of cash and the comfort of knowing that they don't have to freak out about funding. Not like they were ever really freaking out, but now they don't have to even really think about it they at all. They seem really excited. From yeah. everything that I've seen on Twitter, you know, the, the folks that are in the studio, so people that are making the games are really really psyched about this acquisition because it just secures their future you think they had cake i hope they had cake i hope they had cake today that was literally the announcement happened and i was like man i hope they had cake because like i just imagine being in my offices when cool announcements happen and being like man cake is awesome i just hope they had a really good cake um maybe even pizza anyway this has been episode 194 of Engage, a family gaming... Nope, you guys didn't even notice I changed the name of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording. I've got one favor to ask, folks, and only one. Okay, two. The first one is go find Super Parent on all the social medias and like them. They're on in- their Instagram. It's Super Parent IG, and they're on Facebook. I tag them in a bunch of crap. Um, I think I tagged them in a bunch of crap. I do usually, but it's also super parent on Facebook. It's not hard to find. We'll be sharing their stuff more frequently because I have passed that information down to our people. Um, so the, so do that first. Then I want you to share our podcast with somebody else because here's how this works. Um, the bigger our download numbers get, um, the cooler, the guests we can get on here, um, the, you know, all sorts of stuff. We, we want to be, we want to grow. So we want to make the show better for you. So not asking for money today. All I want you to do is take a link to this podcast, throw it in somebody's face. Cause you know, somebody that would love to listen to me and Amanda and our various guests talk about video games and or board games. So true. until next time, folks, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.